Hi there. Welcome back to another session at the Ignite Your Wellness podcast, where I help entrepreneurs reduce stress and live a more fulfilled and balanced life. Imagine how much more you could do if you felt more creative and not distracted by nagging aches and pains, focused instead of feeling anxious, or held back by other health issues just sucking your time. Hi there. Today we're going to be talking about five ways to stop procrastinating. You might associate procrastination with work tasks you dislike or you wait to the deadline looms. Maybe it's day-to-day tasks for your family that you avoid. For example, you wait till the pantry is completely bare before you go to the grocery store. Or for me, sometimes I get together my daughter's backpack, the last thing on a Sunday night. So it's all ready to go Monday morning when I could have done it earlier in the day and taken a a little bit more time. So most of the time in life, we realize that we procrastinate in some way, or maybe this might be the first realization. However, a lot of people are not aware that they also procrastinate with their health. As humans, most of the time, we are motivated to make a change because of pain. Pain just becomes unbearable. So we start to seek out knowledge or a new practitioner, or how to take new action, or a coach to get us out of the suffering. And I don't necessarily mean physical pain. It can be pain like sciatica, or your back locking up, leaving you stuck on the couch, unable to move. It also can be emotional pain. For example, maybe you know losing weight can lower your risk for health issues like heart disease, diabetes, arthritis. However, you don't really make a change in the diet until a doctor gives you an objective number like your glucose. It's too high. And that causes an emotional pain like fear. Oh my goodness, my health, you're worried for your health and you have so much discomfort that you finally change your diet. Or it can be physical pain like arthritis. All of a sudden your knees start hurting really bad and you have difficulty going up and down the stairs in your house. And again, a doctor might say, if you lose the weight, then your knees will feel better. So finally, you seek out someone or some type of program to help you through it. And another example is with stress. You might know that stressing out over every little thing or placing pressure on yourself day after day doesn't serve you well. However, you don't know of another way. Or maybe you don't realize that you even have a choice in the moment until the migraines get so bad from all the stress and tension and neck pain gets so bad that you're finally fed up and you take action and seek out the health of the practitioner. Or maybe because of the stress, You're not able to sleep well at night. You're always waking up with worries and then you're unable to fall back to sleep once your mind gets going. And you finally take action because you're sick and tired, tired, (laughs) fed up with the insomnia and the lack of sleep. So you seek out a program or someone to help you with that. But in all these examples, you see there was some type of catalyst that was the motivation or the driver to finally have you take a positive step in your health. What I want you to get from this podcast today is that you don't actually have to suffer so much 
before you finally make a change. As a human, we're wired for survival. We're just primed to not be motivated, typically, to take action until we are suffering. But what if, if you become aware of this, that this nagging little issue could get way worse? And to prevent it, the best thing to do is to take action or solve this issue for good right now. So maybe your pattern in all areas of life is procrastination. You're motivated by an external driver, like pressure of a deadline, or again, an objective number like climbing blood pressure, or back pain so bad you can't move, then you take action. What if you knew that this issue was solvable before it gets that bad? Why do we still procrastinate? Even though we know that, oh, okay, I can solve this before it gets so bad. Why do we wait till it becomes a more urgent issue? Psychologists have done numerous research on this. And I've been fascinated just by human behavior. So I like to read these research studies and articles on this. And today I've compiled five ways to start to take action, to stop procrastinating right now. And this is based upon a compilation of some of this research that I've come across. The first one is fear of failure. Sometimes we procrastinate because we're afraid that we're just going to fail. So we put it off and put it off to avoid those uncomfortable emotions of failure until we're forced to deal with it, right? Because, hey, if we're not failing, we're not trying. We're not actually taking action. We're just hanging out. If you're afraid to fail, this is your work. Journal on this. Work with a coach. Or if you're like me, hire a coach and fail your way forward, both. Last week, for example, I had two giant work fails. And that's okay. I learned from both of them. I didn't, quote unquote, die. I'm still here. And now I'm armed with knowledge to level up my game, to not make those mistakes again and do way, way better. I've also had fails with my health, overdoing, pushing, not giving myself breaks, and all leading to a burnout or a breakdown in my body. And that's okay. Some of you, well, it's an injury, right? Overdues. And that's okay too. Again, sometimes, especially with yoga, one of the philosophies is playing the edge. Sometimes you don't know you've crossed that edge or that line until the injury does happen. Again, you learn and you move forward. But the only way to learn is to fail sometimes. And the only way to fail is to actually stop procrastinating and start taking steps forward. So happy failing forward, my friends. I'm right there with you. Not hopefully though. You come to my Level Up the Yoga class, my Level Up the Yoga program, and you watch that so you can play the yoga edge without putting yourself at risk of injury, though. I don't recommend getting injured if you can prevent it. <laughs> okay, number two. The reward is too far off into the future. So sometimes we procrastinate because we don't see that end result. America as a culture right now is pleasure right now, instant gratitude, instead of doing the work and getting the pleasure or the reward later. 
if it's with health goals, sometimes that reward is abstract even. We can't even really get a glimpse of what that reward might even look like. It's so far off into the future. You don't even know what your life would be like. Having energy, reduced stress, confidence. So you procrastinate. I'll start after the holidays, for example. Or again, life forces you to take action. You get stuck on the couch because of severe pain or a health issue. If it's a big goal you have and you know the reward's going to be far off into the future, especially with your health, one way to really achieve success and start taking action is to break your goal into smaller chunks with many rewards. Either you give yourself a reward if you don't actually feel it in the body. For example, if you are working to decrease stress and you have habits to kind of refined and solved. So you're not always getting triggered into that stress response or putting pressure on you. You have some work to do and it might take a bit to get there. So if you know the reward's not going to come soon, then start to give yourself rewards. Maybe it's a little extra downtime, the chance to read a fiction novel on a Sunday night when your kids are getting ready for school the next day, or maybe watching a family movie that fills your cup. Whatever it is for you, reward yourself for taking action. Or for me, a technique I learned from my own coach is having a reward jar, so to speak. So when you take action towards your goal, you put a small pebble, bead or stone into that jar. For me, I went on to Amazon and ordered these tiny, small rose quartz stones. They're beautiful. They're very grounding and soothing to hold. If you're on Instagram, head over to my stories. I'll post some pictures of them this week to complement this episode. You can see Amazon has pretty much any type of stone or pebble or quartz that you could find if you want to actually work with the energetic nature of these while you're rewarding yourself. So for example, how do I use them? Every time I listen to my body or do a slow moving yoga class instead of pushing myself to allow for my own healing, I put a, one of those words, rose quartz stones into the jar. Brooke Castillo says, when you get 100 stones in your jar, there's no way that you won't see results. So you get the reward of the results. You also get the reward for the small actions that you're taking along the way. This rewires your neurophysiology, kind of like Pavlovian's response. You're also going to change your nervous system. You will seek more of that type of behavior for that reward. Sign up with a practitioner for this nagging issue you have that isn't urgent or debilitating right now. Maybe that's even warranted for two stones. I can't wait to see your reward jars. Number three, a feeling of overwhelm can stop you from taking action as well. For example, if you have these weird knots at the top of your shoulder, and you Google, you Google search, stretches for your neck, stretches for your shoulder. And there's just so much information out there. Most of it's conflicting. Or you actually say, hmm, maybe I'll seek out some body work or a practitioner to help you with this, physical therapist. And you research for a practitioner. But you just don't even know who to choose. There's so many of them. That overwhelm can stop you from moving forward. The best thing to do is to continue to take small steps. Or if you don't want to hurt yourself or risk making the problem worse, best thing to do is to find a practitioner 
versus wasting time and sifting through all that information on Google and YouTube. Practitioner can evaluate your specific issue and get you on a unique program just for you. If you are having difficulty finding out that practitioner that can help you to avoid all the time-sucking Google and YouTube search, is looking at their message. Does their message on website or Yelp or even their Facebook really resonate with you? If you feel like you can trust the individual, then most likely you can get success with them. If you feel repelled or uncertain or not or hesitant, that might be the sign that you need to continue the research. Facebook can be helpful for this. Ask for a recommendation on Facebook. Referrals are really helpful because you know that someone already got results from that specific provider. It can help to increase that trust factor. And as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, that trust, that belief in your own ability to heal and the practitioner, that helps to increase your risk for success. Number four, overwhelm can come in another flavor of parent guilt, for example, that surfaces every time you try to take your care of yourself. Or I was talking to an entrepreneur the other day, it's also entrepreneurial guilt. When you take time off your business or your work to take care of yourself, then you feel guilty not working. First of all, you need to learn how to prioritize your health in your schedule. As you plan your week for your children, or your business, you also need to plan in your own house needs, your routines, time to cook, time to grocery shop, downtime even needs to be in the schedule. So you're making sure you're filling up your cup. As I teach in the Catalyst program, you also need to learn how to delegate to staff. So I teach both of these methods on how to schedule, how to work with the emotions that come up for scheduling, maybe the resistance you might have to planning in your own health needs. Also the resistance that you might have on delegating to staff, delegating to your children that are of appropriate age, your spouse. It is not your responsibility to carry everyone else's burdens and be there to always pick up the pieces for everyone else at the cost of your own health. Intellectually, you probably already know this. It's when you're in the moment when the discomfort arises where you have to say no, this whole process can be easily forgotten. If you struggle here, working with someone is invaluable. Also, where can you call in more help? How can you find more team members if you don't, for example, Sean and I, we don't have family members here in town to help with my daughter, but we have a great team that's in air quotations of friends. Also, nannies, we've taken the time to research. So even though we might not have family members to help pick my daughter up from school, or like, for example, one of my colonoscopies where Sean had to take me, pick me up, and Kaylee needed a ride home from camp, we called on a friend who acted like a family member, and her daughter ended up playing with my daughter. So it was a win-win situation all around. So where can you create some teams and resources for your own family. Another reason why you might be procrastinating is lack of energy. There are two types of decreased energy. There's the physical type. You can be physically tired or 
You can also be emotionally tired. Constant overwhelm, stress, frustration, that's all very draining and fatiguing. With depressive emotions, it's easy to put off taking action for your own health and instead hit the couch and zone out on Netflix. Now, there is a time to zone out on Netflix. It's when you put it in the schedule for downtime. (laughs) But when you're using Netflix as a buffer to move away from uncomfortable situations or emotions or avoid taking action for your help or just hoping that it'll go away on its own, that then Netflix might not be the best habit to serve your health. You need to decide though. Try finding an inspirational quote or motivational song to get you taking steps forward. Typically, once you get moving or taking action, then your mood will shift and you will find all of a sudden you're energized. That's a key to knowing that it was more of an emotional fatigue than physical fatigue. If it's physical fatigue, you have to analyze why are you physically tired and what's in your control and what's not. For example, you might not have control over a late night shift or early morning shift or back-to-back days of long meetings or travel. However, you do have control over getting bed on time. If you do have to travel a lot, carving out time to adjust to time zones, change, jet lag, that sort of thing. Carving out replenishing and downtime to refill your cup after a busy work week. Personally, physical soreness and fatigue was one of the reasons why I started working for myself. I found treating multiple patients at the same time or seeing back-to-back patients all day long was just too physically demanding for my system. Now, I strategize my day to allow for recovery time. Now, I'm not saying you have to leave your job. You might need to examine whether your physical fatigue is emotional and not physical. For example, in my scenario, I really had to journal and work with a coach to ensure that I was just trying not to avoid leaving my job because of uncomfortable emotional fatigue. Since there's plenty of yoga teachers and physical therapists that have much more grueling schedules than me, and they actually feel energized throughout their day, throughout their week. So I had to do the work of self-study and examination, trial and error to really figure out, okay, what's the ideal schedule for my body? What is the physical load of teaching classes, working with one-on-ones, that my body can physically handle. I figured that out, but it did take trial and error. Some days I overdid it. Some days I've had a whole bunch of energy at the end of my day and I was like, oh, I guess I can do more. There is no shortcut through the work though. You have to really examine and do the trial and error and journaling to figure out what your body physically is capable of. And if it's something outside of your control, What can you do with the time allowed in the rest of the day or the week to allow yourself to recover from a shift, for example? So, but that might go back to delegation, right? You might need to help find that team or call in some resources. For example, if you're finding out that you're a nurse and you work a long shift, let's say, and you really need that time at home to physically recover, but you find yourself getting sucked into cleaning your house, which is another physical load or demand, you might need to allocate some of your salary to hiring some house cleaners to help you. And you might find 
by giving yourself that downtime to rest instead of cleaning your house, that actually in a way might create more revenue or more opportunities for you. So then you don't have to leave your job, but you're still able to replenish and take care of your health. So there you have it. Five ways to stop procrastinating with your help and start taking action right now. Hey, wait, before you go, let me tell you about the next step. You can either head over to the show notes or igniteyourwellness.com with a UR to find two options. First one is your free wellness assessment. This will allow me to talk to you individually to undercover the root source of your problem. We'll also go over your own unique holistic program. There is no commitment to join or follow through with anything at that time. What you will invest is just your time, but you will learn so much more. There's a limited number of spots for these per week. So make sure to head over to the website or to the show notes to sign up for yours right now. You can also join the health and wellness Facebook group for the stressed out entrepreneur. In this free group, there's insider information, free live trainings to complement each of these podcast episodes. You'll be the first to know about any new program and special discounts. So make sure to join that group to be part of the insider club. I look forward to seeing you on the mat. Bye for now.